A service of prayer and preaching for Rogata, the sixth Sunday of Easter, May 14th, 2023. We sing hymn LSB 429. We sing the praise of him who died. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. 
Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and has become my salvation. A reading from Numbers, the 21st chapter. From Mount Or they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The introit is verses from Psalm 66, the antiphon coming from Isaiah chapter 48.
with a voice of singing, declare this with a shout of joy to the end of the earth. Alleluia! The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. Alleluia! Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. I cried to him with my mouth, and I praise was on my tongue. But truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. With a voice of singing, declare this with a shout of joy to the end of the earth. Alleluia. The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. Alleluia. A reading from James, the first chapter. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from John, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come, when you will be scattered each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with a common responsory found on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. 
Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. The Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Alleluia. You all know the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. In the large catechism, we confess what is the force of this and how is it to be understood? What does it mean to have a God or what is God? Answer, a God means that from which we are to expect all good and to which we are to take refuge in all distress. So that to have a God is nothing else than to trust and believe him from the whole heart. As I have often said that the confidence and faith of the heart alone make both God and an idol. If your faith and trust be right, then is your God also true. And on the other hand, if your trust be false and wrong, then you have not the true God. For these two belong together, faith and God. That now I say, upon which you set your heart, and put your trust, is properly your God. Whom do you ask when you need something? On this day in our country, we also celebrate Mother's Day. What things do you ask your mother that you ask no one else? What about your father? Are there things you ask one but not the other? They have, both have the vocation of parent, but have been given different gifts by God to carry out those duties. Why do you ask one and not the other certain things? Is it not because you know you have a better chance of getting what you want or need? In the church, the theme of the day is rogate, the Latin word meaning to ask. It's not just children 
who ask. Parents also ask. Usually when the parent asks, it is directed at something for our good. So let me ask you a question. How many of you have read through the book of Numbers in its entirety? It can be difficult for many to slog through the names. However, the names are the only a small part of its importance. Numbers is vital for understanding the history of Israel and God's constant gracious hand. Numbers records the history of transition from the death of the first generation in the wilderness and its replacement by the second generation. You remember that their punishment was to wander in the desert for 40 years and the only ones who were not children at the crossing of the Red Sea to enter into the promised land were Joshua and Caleb. Numbers brings us from the beginning to the end of the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. As they wander, they're faced with the same question as Adam, Cain, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Whom would they ask? Whom would they teach their kids to ask? Whom is their God? Who would they teach by word and deed, passing down their, to their children? Is it the God which is in their heart and trust is placed? As Christians, read through Numbers, you should place yourselves in the first generation, knowing here you will wander and be tested, and recognizing the next generation is looking to your words and actions. They learn from you every moment of every day. Now, Most of us know the story of the bronze serpent, but we may not always remember the context of it. Israel was nearing close to the Jordan River. They could almost see the end of their wanderings. They had been through so much already, and all that stood in the way was Edom. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line, and they simply had to pass through Edom, and they would be in the promised land. Oh, happy day. Hallelujah. But someone get the Tylenol. God used Edom to test Israel's faith. He wanted them to know what was in their hearts and to whom they really clung. Edom would not let them pass through the land. And so Israel had to take the long way around. They had to travel slowly and painfully down the mountainous side of Edom, back almost to the sea again, and then up on the eastern borders of Edom, past the Dead Sea, and to the crossing of the lower Jordan River. It was on this long journey that the first generation died, except for Joshua and Caleb. Our text begins with Israel leaving from Mount Or. This would take them away from the Promised Land. And it was not until they reached the lower tip of Edom that they could travel northward again. The country in which they traveled is arid and barren. It was mostly a sandy waste with little vegetation and places with masses of rock and granite outcroppings. Instead of a land flowing with milk and honey, Israel found themselves with nothing but sandstorms and manna. This caused the people to become impatient, and their souls were too short for the long way. They began to forget God. They sought only the end. They forgot the importance of this day. And daily bread. We see this in their grumblings. Right? Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. The worthless food they're referring to is manna. You know, the miraculous food God gave them every day out of his gracious hand. What God gave was no longer good enough. What they sought to do was make a monster out of God. 
instead of remembering his promise and his work done in Egypt, instead of remembering and passing down thanksgiving for safe passage through the Red Sea and forgiveness of sins through the sacrificial system, instead of remembering and passing down the blessed reality that God was leading them every day by a pillar of fire or a pillar of cloud, they taught God was a tyrant. They accused him of being not just indifferent or uncaring, but they amplified it by accusing the Holy One of wickedness, and that his intention all along was to kill them in the wilderness. To remind the people the test was sent within the test. Snakes are sent. Snakes should remind you of the serpent in Genesis 3. However, added to these snakes is a beautiful adjective, burning, in Hebrew seraph. Now you may, you may recognize that word connected to a class of angels, the seraphim. The very description of these snakes teaches. Death was not God's intention for Israel, for you or for any of Adam's children. Death is the result of sin. This is the test. Unbelief always finds a reason for blaming God. Whereas faith repents, acknowledges, and confesses his or her sin, trusts in only one for salvation, and hopes in only one for all good. The people talked of dying in the wilderness, and now, well, now they're doing just that. They had complained of a long, slow death due to starvation, and now they were getting a quicker death by fiery poison. If they were true to their own words, they should have been thankful for the fiery snakes and the quicker death. But what was in their hearts? Anger and fear. The sinful nature and the hard heart are a stubborn beast. Sometimes the rod of the law must strike hard before people will admit their sin. The Hebrew word for sin used in our text means to miss the mark and to become laden with guilt. They realized their own words and trust were misplaced, and in their guilt they turned to Moses and asked, Ask God to take away the serpents. Intercede on our behalf. Moses did intercede. And God not only heard, but responded. His response is great because it's also a test of faith. He doesn't simply take the burden away. Instead, he gives them his word and sign. If they believed in his word and looked to the sign, they would be saved. Each one of them had to look for themselves. Parents couldn't believe for their children, but they could teach them properly. If one did not believe in the word and promise of God, they would not look to the sign and then continue to suffer in the consequence of their sin. Now, two things must be said here. First, while they were saved from the poison of the snakes, they still had to take the long way around to get to the promised land. Second, the saving by looking at the pole would be a continual test. The bronze snake was kept in the possession of Israel for almost 700 years. It first served as a reminder, but later turned into an idol. In 2 Kings, King Hezekiah destroyed the bronze serpent because people were burning incense and offering prayers in front of it. They were mixing the worship of the one true God with the gods around them. They started to abandon God's commands and turned again to their own words. You know, you worship your God your way, and I worship my God my way. Who's to say who's right and wrong? Isn't it all just a matter of opinion? what was being passed down from one generation to the next. In about 700 years after the destruction of the bronze serpent by Hezekiah, Jesus would become the incarnate and be born in Bethlehem. 
Israel would again find themselves wrestling with the question of whom to ask, whom to trust. The temple had two vastly different schools of thought being taught. Rome had many gods, and people were free to worship any god they chose in any way they saw fit. Rome, like the fiery snakes, had death in everything. Jesus was born into this time, and he even teaches the true meaning behind the bronze serpent. In the context of the verse that many love and hold dear, John three sixteen and 17, listen carefully to the context. Jesus said, If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. God could have taken the serpents away by letting them all die suddenly. God could have sent Jesus to say, just do whatever you want. I'm going to die for it anyway. But he doesn't. He does far more. He provides for the hearts of his people and gives them what they need to be cured from more than the serpent's bite. He gives them faith. The object, the sign of the bronze serpent finds its fulfillment in Jesus. The serpent Moses had to make was made of bronze, a reddish color. He wasn't supposed to kill a snake and hang it on a pole. He was to make a snake, which was similar in appearance to the fiery snakes, but without the poison. The bronze serpent had to be lifted on a pole, and those who wanted to recover had to look upon it. Now consider how Jesus fills this. The bronze serpent was in the form of the snakes. Jesus was God in human flesh. The bronze serpent was without poison. Jesus was without sin. The bronze serpent was placed on a pole in triumph over the suffering as a symbol of victory over death. Jesus was hung on a cross in triumph over the suffering of all sin and victory over death for all mankind. Those who believed in God's word and looked to the bronze serpent in faith lived. Those who believed God's word and looked to Jesus as the only source of salvation live eternally. The sinful nature, of course, is a problem with this. Reason, philosophy, science, human experience with snakes and poison all have no answer for why we suffer, why there is pain, why there is evil, or even a cure for death. Look to Jesus. Here he is on the cross. We see a dying man. I can't look for you. I can only tell you how important it is to look. It is faith that sees this for what it really is. Payment for sin and victory over death for you. It didn't take 700 years after the death of Jesus for people to twist the worship of God into objects. Relics were taught to hold special healing power. People would pray to the bones of saints or give adoration to pieces of the cross or clothing of Mary or Jesus. Instead of reminders of his death, they were taught to possess saving works within themselves. Brothers and sisters in Christ, 
How is your short soul doing on the long way? How often do we turn to seeking to blame God? How often have we heard and perhaps spoken the same words of mixing God with other gods, rejecting his word, his truth, for the sake of craftily spoken words full of deadly poison, seeking to give ourselves glory and turning God into a vicious, uncaring, wrathful, vengeful God who seeks only our destruction? How much mixing of God and ungodly things are being done and taught? When trials and suffering come, to whom do we ask? What is in our hearts? To whom do we teach others to ask? To whom do we look for all good? There are times when we can see the end. We long for the shortcut and then we're told to go the long way. It's hard and we can easily fall into despair. Irritation and impatience are easy traps sprung quickly by the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. What can we do? Recognize your sin. Confess it. Look up, look to the cross, your God still provides. If God so wills, there are many days yet on this earth for you to wander. While the devil prowls, the world taunts, and the flesh yearns, God provides. His gracious hand is open. He has poured water on your head, birthing you into his eternal family. The death of Jesus, his saving work, was washed over you, lavished upon you. As you walk the long way bearing your cross, see here the cross that is carried for you. Your earthly crosses and burdens are not yours alone to carry. You sit together with brothers and sisters in Christ, hearing God's word and eating at the family table. The fiery one who attempts to drown man in suffering and death is drowned in the blood of Christ and in the midst of the little fiery ones sent to bite you. That same blood drowns them as you drink from the cup of life. A God is one from whom we can expect all good. Here is proof hung on the cross for your eternal good. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We sing hymn LSB 355, O Savior, Rend the Heavens Wide. O Savior, rend the heavens wide. Come down, come down with mighty stride. Unlock the gates, the doors break down. Unbar the way to heaven's crown. O Father, light from Send as morning dew, O sun descend. Drop down new clouds, the life of spring. To Jacob's line, rain down the king. O earth in flowering, bud be seen. 
Clothe hill and dale in garb of green. Bring forth over the blossom rare. Our Savior sprung from meadow fair. O fount of hope, how long, how long? When will you come with comfort strong? O come, O come, your throne forego. Console us in our veil of woe. O morning star, O radiant sun, when will our hearts behold your dawn? O sun, arise without your light, we grope in gloom and dark of night. Since dreadful doom upon us lies, grim death looms fierce before our eyes. O come, lead us with mighty hand, from exile to our promised land. There shall we all our praises bring, and sing to you, our Savior King. There shall we laud you and adore, forever and forevermore. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration grant that we may think those things that are right and by your merciful guiding accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 469, Christ the Lord is risen today. 
Christ the Lord is risen today. Saints on earth and angels say, Praise your joys and triumphs high. Sing ye hymns and earth reply. Love's redeeming work is done. Fought the fight, the battle won. Lo, our sun's eclipse is o'er. Lo, he sets in blood no more. Vain the storm, the watch, the seal. Christ at first, the gates of hell. Death in vain forbids his rise. Christ has opened paradise. Lives again our glorious King. Where, O oh, death, is now thy sting? Once he died our souls to save. Where thy victory, O oh, grave. Soar we now where Christ has led, following our exalted head. Made like him, like him we rise, ours the cross, the grave, the skies. Hail the Lord of earth and heaven, praise to thee, my both begin. Thee we greet triumphant now, hail the resurrection thou. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Christ has been raised from the dead, Alleluia, Alleluia. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death has no more dominion over him. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. Dying 
Christ dies to sin once for all, living he lives to God. Count yourselves as dead to sin and alive to God, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ has been raised from the dead, alleluia, alleluia. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen.